0: Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Look in your Bible, if you will, with me at John chapter 13. This is the text for this series. And that we're basing this series upon. And I think it's so important because when you look at what Jesus said here, he said it multiple times and throughout the epistles and and the gospels, you're going to find this over and over again because it is so important today. And look at verse 34, John 13. It says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Now look in First John chapter four. Let's go to First John chapter four. We're going to begin reading in verse 10. First John, chapter four, we're going to be reading in verse 10. You want to take notes. You want to get this in your spirit. 1 John, before Revelation and Jude, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. We're going to begin reading here. It says, herein, I'm sorry, let's read in verse 9 first. Let's go there. It says, in this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Verse 10, herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Look in verse 11, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. You know, that is such an important statement. This is what Jesus was talking about. Look again in verse 10 just for a moment. The kind of love that Jesus was telling us as a new commandment is this type of love. Not man's love, not a love that comes from the natural man, but, a man that only, but the kind of love that comes from God, that can only come from God. Look in verse 10, it says, herein is love. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. You see that? This is the kind of love he's talking about. This is the kind of love he showed to us. This is the kind of love that he loves us with. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Now, we love God today, but when we were in the world, we did not love God. You know, it's so important that we understand that what we face in this hour, that which we live in right now, currently, and in what is leading up in the time to come uh, as the return of Jesus Christ gets closer and closer, the Bible is very clear on things that we ought to know and understand and how we should be living out our lives, what to expect in these times as we get closer to the return of Jesus. I want us to look at Matthew chapter 24 today. Matthew chapter 24. We're going to begin reading in verse 4. Matthew 24 verse 4. Just says this. It says in Matthew 24 verse 4. I want us to begin reading. And we're going to read down today to verse 14. And it says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed, listen up, that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For a nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes, and all kinds of places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. That means these are the beginnings of the birth pains that is happening before Christ's return, as it gets closer. But just as birth pains come, and they they can even be timed, and as you watch the time between the birth pains, then you can realize how much closer you're getting to the birth as they get closer and closer together. I tell you, it's so important today. Verse 9, which is after these things, it says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this is the gospel of the kingdom. Shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. You know, Jesus said that at the time of his coming, there will be things that will be going on on the planet that we'll be able to recognize and see so that we can understand what time or season we are in. You know, he actually goes on to say in the same chapter, verse 32, he says this, chapter 24, Matthew, verse 32, he says, now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branches yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know the summer is nigh. He's talking about the season and the time. Verse 33, so likewise you, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass, till all things shall be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour no man knoweth. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the last days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered them to the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. You know, right now we are facing something on this planet that we've seen some of this before. But the Bible says what will happen on the planet as we get closer to the return of Christ and the rapture of the church, it will be as if it was in the days of Noah. It won't be like it has been before any other time. But similar to what we've seen in the days of Noah and of the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says. To be honest, it tells us that as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, that if he didn't cut that time short, then things would all be destroyed. And I believe Jesus, God is going to cut the time short. That as we get closer to the time of Christ, these birth pains are going to happen more and more. But the time is rapidly being cut short. You know, the Bible even says of the church that the church will be raptured out of the church to to escape the wrath that is to come. And he's talking about the tribulation at that time. It's so important that we understand the day and time that we live in. You say, Pastor, are you trying to tell me that we are in the end times? I will say it like this. I think even the apostles said that we are in the end times. But I think that we're seeing the, the time of the return of Christ is closer than ever before according to what Jesus said would be happening on the earth that we might know the season and the time that we are in. And the Bible tells us that as we get closer to this time, we'll begin to see more of these things happen. This is why it's so important today because what we know and what we understand and what concerns us concerning the love of God Jesus said, this commandment that I give you is a new commandment that you love. You know, the world can't love like we can love. Why? Because we're not talking about a carnal love. They do not have the love of God in them. We're not talking about a man's kind of love. Man's kind of love is selfish love. It wants advantage. It loves for various reasons when it feels that way. When somebody does something good to them or something of that nature. That that kind of love is not God's kind of love. God's kind of love is when we were haters of God, He sent His own Son into the world and gave His life for us because He loved us first before we loved Him. See, that's not man's kind of love. Man's kind of love is much different than that. This is the God kind of love. And the Bible says that kind of love is shed abroad in our heart. You know... As Jesus said, what would it be like before his return? What is it going to be like on the earth before he comes back? What does this look like in the natural? We see some things Jesus said. Well, look in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Romans chapter 1. And let's just see today if we are seeing what Jesus said. I believe most of us could say, yes, yes. I believe that, but I want us to look at the word because there might be someone watching today that does not know. The Bible says for the wrath of God, verse 18 in Romans chapter 1, from heaven is against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power of the Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became as fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things, Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lion, and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. What he is saying here is very important because this is the way it was as it was in the days of Noah. I want you to think about something. In the days of Noah, God gave them time to Repent. These are people that were not far from the time of creation. Not, they, did, they lived not far from the time of creation. Many of them were, lived hundreds of years old. They were very understood that God created Adam and Eve. They understood what happened. But yet their heart grew darkened. We're thousands of years from that time. But yet we're seeing... The same thing that was in them who lived close to creation. You might even say, how could they do that? Knowing that God created the heavens and earth. Being so close to that time. Well, because the Bible says, when man fell, they began to understand the difference between good and evil. They begin to, within themselves, have knowledge of good and evil. You see, a man, when he becomes and the judge of what is good and what is evil within himself, takes the place of God. When man begins to say, well, I don't need God in the Bible or somebody telling me that God says this is wrong, I can judge that because I have the knowledge of good and evil and how I see evil is what evil is. How I see good is what good is. You see, that's not how this works. When we live according to the knowledge of good and evil, we live out of the carnal man, the fleshly man. We begin to serve the creation more than we do the creator. We begin to say, I can discern and say what is right and what is wrong. But that causes our foolish hearts to become darkened. More and more to the knowledge of God. More and more to the knowledge of God's ways, to an understanding of the truth. Of what God has done for us in Christ. The Bible says that in verse 22, it says that they professing themselves to be wise, they became as fools. You know, the knowledge of good and evil, this is where man says, I know what's best for me, I know how to determine what is good and evil. We envision for ourselves the moral standard. And anything or anyone else is the enemy then, to it. Why? Because we begin to justify what is right and what is wrong instead of allowing God's word to be the examiner and the discerner of the thought and the intent of our hearts. Now, the Bible says that the word of God is a like a two-edged sword. Hebrews four twelve. It says that it it divides asunder the spirit and soul, the joint and marrow. And is a discerner of the thought and the intent of our heart. See, this is where we allow God's Word to judge what is right and what is wrong. We allow the very Spirit of God according to the Word of God that is within us. According to the commandment that Jesus has given to us. To love one another. To be the leader and the judger of the heart and the life of a man or a woman today. But whenever we begin to Allow the knowledge of good and evil to begin to determine what is right and what is wrong. We'll always go what is best for us, how we see it, how it fits our life, how we feel about it. What is best for us and our agendas and everything else begins to get played out in that. See, that's what happens in the world. This is why in the days ahead, as we get closer to the time of Christ's return as it was in the days of Noah, the Bible says God repented that he had created mankind. He sent a flood and destroyed them at that time. You know, we know that we have a promise today in God through that He will not destroy the world again through the flood, through water. But the Bible tells us that these people who lived in that time before the flood, closer to the time of creation, how they began to see everything that God had made was for them to use, abuse, be taken for themselves. They begin to see themselves as one who can judge all things and begin to separate what God says and how He desires for us to live. He began to dictate, well, this is the way I see it. I tell you, we need to be very careful today. That message oftentimes has a sliver of truth in the church today. Where we say, well, the earth was made for our benefit and for our taking. Yes, that's true. But not to abuse and not just to use for our justifications and agendas. What we do in this life. See, oftentimes that kind of teaching can also lead to a place of lust, where we're not living out of the Word of God, but out of our own ways. We need to be wise. You know, it's so important today that. We hear the Word of God and allow the Word of God to be the trainer and the discerner of our heart and mind. That we might please God. Even the Bible says in chapter, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that we renew our mind according to the Word of God. So you might say, well, Pastor, what has love to do with all of this? Well, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says this. Because today, church, I I feel this so deep in my spirit. Because this is going to help you in this season and time. Right now, during this coronavirus, everything you see on the planet today, the governments, all of those things that's going on. We need to have something on the inside of us that is greater. Did you know you have something on the inside of you that's greater than what's happening in the world? The Bible says greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. I want us to look at something today. Look in verse 4. It says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. And he that is not of God hears not us. Hereby know that we, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This is how we know what's right. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Verse 7. You ready? Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. You see how you can tell the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error? By the love of God. I said, by the love of God. Look at this. Verse 8, he says, he that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. And this was, in this was manifested the love of God toward us. Verse 9, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him here in His love. This is love. You ready? That we loved God, but He loved us. Not that we loved God, but He loved us. So church, as we get closer to that time, Jesus said, remember Matthew 24 where He said that the love of many will grow cold. How can this begin to happen? See, love is not an add-on to our Christian belief. It is the most important element of our Christian belief. It is the most important element of what we are and who we are. See, to the carnal man, love and the message of love is weak. It's something we know, something we have. It is something that is weak. in A carnal man without revelation... This kind of love is hard to live by because the carnal man is selfish. The carnal man is out for advantage. So the carnal man makes offense for justification and advantage. You say, well, what does that mean? Remember what Jesus said in verse 10 out of Matthew? He said, verse 24, he said, that many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and deceive many. Because iniquity or lawlessness will abound, the love of many will wax cold. But he that endures until the end shall be saved. What does that mean? As we get closer to the time that Jesus returns, I want you to look at the whiteboard just for a moment. The commandment Jesus gave us out of John 13, 34, 35 was to love. As we get closer to the time and as it was in the days of Noah, we're going to begin to see darkness exposed like never before. We're going to begin to see how the world will begin, through their own foolishness, begin to judge what is right and what is wrong. They'll begin to say that good is evil and evil is good. They're going to begin to show out these things and be non-repentant. They're going to, uh, the Bible says, they will hate those who believe in Christ, the Word of God. That that will become an enemy to them. And many in the church, though, will begin to see this. And here's the thing that we have to be wise and be careful of. Is of the hardness of our heart. When you begin to get a hard heart, your love will grow cold. What well, will it grow cold too? To it not just grow cold to the world and what's going on? Yeah, you might say, well, justice needs to be served in these areas concerning what they have done that is sinful and wrong. But remember this, the world will begin to look at things that are evil and call it good. Be, you'll begin to see things that is in the world today that the world will stand by them. They might not even get prosecuted. You might see things that are done that are so evil and so wicked, but because the wickedness and lawlessness will begin to abound, the love of many will grow cold in the church. You have to guard your heart that you don't get into a place of hardness toward the world. Remember, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This kind of love we have to have in us. So that way we don't get hard hearted. And then from hardness of heart comes offense. When a Christian gets offended... Let me tell you how this begins to happen. Here's how it happens in the church. Say you're in a conversation with a person and this is what offense means. It just literally means this and I'm going to kind of lay it out for you. When you do, as a church, let's say the opposite to love. When you begin to acknowledge within yourself, let's just say something that you disapprove of in someone else, you will not acknowledge their authority In your life. You will not hear from them anymore. You'll shut things down because you disapprove of something. That's called offense. In you. Love is unoffendable. When you walk in love, you won't get offended. But whenever your heart gets hard, hard, when your heart gets hard, then you are more susceptible to offense. You'll begin to get offended. That's what Jesus said. Let's say you're sitting at the table, and you're having a conversation. And let's say that inside that conversation, a person causes another person to distrust, or to desert, or to break off from one in whom they ought to trust and obey. In a conversation you're having with somebody, you're having a a fellowship, you're having a phone call, you're having some kind of chat, and. You're talking to them, and within that conversation, you begin to cause another person to distrust and desert or break off from the one in whom they ought to trust and obey. That person who did that is in a place of offense. They have taken and have elevated themselves out of the love of God and become a person who sets the rules of moral conduct and behavior within the body of Christ. And they begin to cast offense, a stumbling block, before someone else. The Bible says it's better for that man to have a millstone hung around his neck to be cast into the sea than to offend one of my little ones to cause one to stumble. You see, walking in love is compacting one another together in the church. But the church toward the lost in the world, as this darkness and gross darkness and wickedness will increase and lawlessness will abound, as a believer, we have to keep our hearts from hardening toward them that are without love. We can't expect them to have the same kind of moral conduct, the same kind of love that is in us. And as we get closer to the day of the return of Christ, they'll begin to flee the moral standard that is set in this earth by the grace of God that he gave to humanity. And the grace of God today given to humanity is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We call this the grace dispensation, the church dispensation. But one day, and as we get closer to the time of the return of Jesus Christ and the rapture of the church of God, out of this world, we're going to begin to see lawlessness increase, gross darkness begin to abound, but we're going to see the church begin to abound. How is the church going to begin to abound? In love. Love towards the world. Love towards one another, greater and greater. In this, you will begin to know what is the spirit of error and what is the spirit of of truth as you love one another you begin to have a greater discernment what's going on in the world what's going on in you and where you are with god i tell you it's so important today that you begin to have that kind of discernment and what you hear and how you hear when you hear the preaching that is going on in the world today listen if people say well we're just going to carry on as it always has been giving and giving in marriage and just continue on listen the bible says that that person's message is vain There is a time that Jesus is returning. You say, Pastor, when is that time? Or how close are we? We always need to be ready for the bridegroom. We don't know the hour or the day. We can look and see the seasons and the times. How how long between contractions? How long between these birth pains? Before the church is raptured out of this earth. I can't tell you that. I don't know. Jesus doesn't even know. Only the Father knows. He's the one that has the time. He's the one that knows. But as long as we are in the world, the world doesn't know this kind of love, but we're called to show this kind of love. The kind of love that God had for the world and the kind of love that God has for each and every one of us. And the Bible tells us that if we say that we confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and God dwells in Him and He in God... I tell you, it's so important today. If we believe that and we know that, then there is something that the Bible says that we need to have and to show and to grow in. And one of those things is love. The love is God is the most important thing you'll ever understand and to know in your spiritual walk because one step out of love is a step into sin. It's a step out of the spirit into the carnal life because into the carnal man, into the flesh, into the unrenewed area because love covers a multitude of sin. Look in first John chapter 4, verse 15. It says, Whosoever, first John 4, 15. It says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God. God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. You see that? Herein is our love made perfect, that we might be might have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. As he is, so are we in the world. What is he talking about? The love that he's shown toward us. The love is in us. As he is, so are we in the world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Casts out fear. Because fear has torment, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. You see, what will love do? Love just doesn't say, well, it's okay for evil to work. It's okay for all of these things that go on in the earth. But if a heart gets hardened towards them, if a heart gets offended towards them, then you're going to find out that you won't take that gospel to that person. You're going to find out if you become a hater of what's going on of man who did. Listen, trust me, we, you, know, you heard this terminology about hating the sin, but not hating the sinner. Sure, we should hate sin, but we need to be careful. As in Ephesians chapter 2, speaking, uh, I I mean, Revelation chapter 2, speaking of the church of Ephesus. The Lord spoke to the church of Ephesus, and he told them in Revelation chapter 2. I tell you, it's so important. Let's just have a quick look at this. In Revelation chapter 2, Jesus writing to the church at Ephesus. And he tells them, he says, In verse, verse 1, he says, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know your works. I know your labor and your patience, and how you canst bear them which are evil, and has tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and has found them liars, and has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. I'll tell you, that's powerful. It sounds like, man, they're doing the right things. You know, Paul the Apostle even told them, he said, you need to be aware, there's going to be wolves that's going to come in. He taught them uh, how, how to uh, stand uh, in faith against and for. But listen at this. Because they stood so hard against things, verse 4 says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence you have fallen, and repent, and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of that place, except you repent. But this thou hast, thou hast hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath a near, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. You know, the church might have a right to be offended at things. At times. You might feel that right. You might feel like. Because let me just tell you. What's in offense. Is hatred. When you begin to hate. That started with offense. And what happens after offense. Is betrayal. It's the same thing. What happened with Judas. He was offended. And he betrayed Jesus. I want to encourage you today. His church, until we are lifted up out of this world, is the grace of God in manifestation as the light of God in this world today. We need to let our light shine. We need to let it shine before all men. We need to begin to say, you know, instead of complaining, instead of always having a place of, uh, of offense. Yes, we can talk about the things that's going on, that's happening around us. We need to be aware of what's going on. We need to stand for, uh, against injustices. But we have to be careful that we don't let our heart get hardened, that we can't be a witness unto the people of this world, that we begin to get disunified in the body of Christ. Too many churches today are becoming disunified And broken apart by one says this is going on in the world and by another person has another attitude towards this is going on and this is the way everybody thinks everybody ought to be acting and doing? Well, first of all, the thing that we need to act and do as a church is to love. We need to walk in love towards one another, not letting anything divide us. The Bible says we're compacted by the love of God, the church is. You know, today it's so important that we walk in love. That we don't get offended. John 13, 34, 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. You know, it's so important today that we live out of the love of God, and that's something we have to develop, something you have to mature in, something that you're going to have to grow in, something you have to exercise. You know, how do we begin to do that? One is we pray for those who despitefully use us. You know, that is a place where it's difficult. When men do wrong towards you, we're called to pray for them. Lift them up before God. We're called to forgive those who trespass against us. Today I pray that this word and this message will stir you in your heart. Don't let your heart get hard because of what you see going on in the world today. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.